All right. Hello, my kittens. Hello, my degenerates. My unicorns. Welcome to the House of Heretics podcast, the show where Timothy and I drink coffee or tea and talk about bullshit for your listening pleasure. Um, hi, how are you? Hey, I'm doing really well. Good. Uh, do you see my? Do you see this eye right there? Yeah. Ooh. What do you have in there? It's it's very swollen. And my eyelid is, I think it's a sty. Um, uh, so my eyelid is super swollen or it was something. It's something. And now it's like super itchy. It was like hurting. I woke up yesterday morning with it so swollen, it was gummed shut. Like, like crusted gummed shut i could not open it and i like had to go into the bathroom and like open it like pry so open my eye and and wash out the gunk so many inappropriate things i could say right now there's so many someone did not come in my eye timothy <laughs> in the middle of the night <laughs> it wasn't eli the cat did not come in my eye I was gonna say you or either that or you're very uh uh dexterous there. That yeah. It was probably the cat though, <laughs> let's be real. Um Toxoplasmosis is on the way. To tox oh, I have toxoplasmosis. I oh, yeah. I I am so, people who people probably don't know what this is. Toxoplasmosis, I, I don't know how much of this is like an urban legend or not, but <laughs> Toxoplasmosis is this parasite in cats that makes people be deeply in love and attracted to cats. Not sexually, just to clarify. Amorously. Uh, uh, like, want to be around cats. And I have it. I have a deranged level of love for cats where I will literally just think about cats and weep because they're so wonderful. I th I'm pretty sure I have toxoplasmosis. At least that's what we're going to blame it on. Uh, well, it's actually also, it can be a very debilitating disease, especially if you're immunocompromised. Yes. However, I think half of the human race has it. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing about it. That's why, I mean, most of our bodies can just uh, normally fight it off easy. Mm -hmm. We're good to go. That's why it's really dangerous with immunocompromised people. Yep, yep. Well, fortunately, I'm not immunocompromised, so it's all good. So my cats won't kill me, although they might come in my eye in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, Don't you get them fixed? What's that? Don't you get them fixed? Of course, but... You know, then they can't come in your eye. Does that mean look out for another excuse? Does that mean they can't ejaculate? No, they can't. They are physically unable to ejaculate. Yeah, it's not like they get a vasectomy. When they're neutered, they will not ejaculate. Huh, that's interesting. Let's look this up. Oh um, my god! Unless you stimulate their <laughs> prostate, and I don't think you're going to be stimulating. I am not. Prostate. I'm not going to be stimulating a cat's prostate anytime soon. Okay, uh, kid cats. Ejaculate if they are neutered. <laughs> I would doubt that your neutered cat is the, uh, let's see here. Health, health care for pets. Um, oh, it's a very cute picture. 
Newell, look at that kitty. Okay. Uh... There may be some under uh, 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 a thorough history and exam. Let's see here. It does not look. That does not answer the fucking question. Okay. Just, just trust me on this. I'm. I have to verify. I have to practice. Pro. I have to trust but verify. And <laughs> to quote, to quote, uh, Mussolini or whoever the fuck said no, that. Lenin. Lenin. Lenin said Ra- that. Reagan uh, quoted him all the time. Uh, okay. <laughs> the short answer is no, probably not. However, there are some exceptions to this. Okay. Um, my poor Mr. Balls is the very picture of sexual frustration. <laughs> 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 he is neutered, but he still acts out his horrible urges <laughs> on his little stuffed purple mouse. He probably got neutered after he was um after after yeah. he had matured. Yeah. The problem is that it's too small for him to effectively hump, so he carries it around to different parts of the house, yowling and trying without success to seal the deal with it. <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's such a sad story. I've tried giving him larger toys, but he cannot love another. <laughs> I was pondering. What? I was pondering. Rabbit hole, are you going down? Uh, this is on straightdope.com. <laughs> Stay away from the straight dope. Just go to the gay one. I, <laughs> I um. I just looked up, can cats ejaculate? And this is where it led me. So we're here. We're locked in. We're going to keep, we're going to continue this story. Okay. No! I've tried, I've tried giving him larger toys, but he cannot love another. I was pondering whether to build some sort of elevating device, a cat-sized wedge pillow, if you will, when it occurred to me that if he actually succeeds, he may make a mess of his little mouse. So my question is this, will a neutered cat produce anything at all upon orgasm? Because he's my bro and all, and I just do not need that in my life no way (laughs) (sighs) bro problems these are bro problems bros with their bro cats well i'm looking at another one uh yeah the only way it can is like if you get a vast give the cat a vasectomy but most you're not going to be doing that okay all right. Well, with all of that out of the way, how are you? I'm okay. <laughs> Great. I don't have cats ejaculating into my eyes. So. Good. Really good. <laughs> good. Okay. Um. So uh, today is Thursday, the 14th of January. Trump got impeached. <laughs> uh. Again. Again, yeah, he now has 50% of all impeachments in American history. <laughs> yeah, he does, doesn't he? He does. He has, he has 50% of all impeachments in American history. For, for presidents, that is. I mean, yes, other, for presidents. Yeah, yeah. So, you can, impe- can impeach other politicians, um, no, but for presidents, there's only been four impeachments. <laughs> um. That was all I had planned for the show. 
All right, that's it. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for listening. No, I'm kidding. Cat okay. ejaculations and impeachments. Cat All ejaculation right. and impeachment. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I had I knew there were two options being floating floating around about uh, his removal. I I seriously had doubted that he would resign, although I had that in the back of my mind as a possibility that he might what i was really thinking would happen though would be the impeachment i didn't think mike pence would have the balls to even try to invoke article 25 section 4 of the constitution yeah I mean, no i i totally agree i don't i don't think that's going to happen no he well he said so as much and uh, I can't remember if we talked about this last time, but Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer were on hold for 25 minutes to the vice president after uh, the incident at Capitol Hill hmm. to talk to him about invo invoking the 25th Amendment. And he refused to take their call and gave a written response, which included something biblical, if I remember right. Of course Nothing it did. legal. Of course. Nothing Oh, great. Wonderful. Um. <laughs> but he, well, here's the only thing about it, though. That fourth clause of the 25th Amendment is very difficult to enact. And from what I understand of it, and I, I there's a YouTube channel I watch called Legal Eagles. Um, it's really actually a really good channel about hmm. Um, com uh, current events that are happening right now uh, and it's run by a lawyer and he talks about certain things and oh my goodness he's all for Trump being impeached but he was even saying it's very difficult to try to do that because uh, that amendment was basically made for somebody who was incapacitated and refused to give it up because of that reason um, and I don't think you could find a way for somebody to say that the president is incapacitated uh, mentally or physically or otherwise. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think that would have held water too much. But if from what I understanding is correct, if we go through the impeachment process, then and then he is technically removed by the Senate, even after yeah, the trial isn't going to happen until after Biden is inaugurated. Um, yeah. But the thing is, I think that even if he, if he does technically get removed, he won't be able to run for president again, and he loses all sorts, uh, all the perks that comes with being a retired president. So what are the perks? <clears throat> well, I know, I, they mean, always, I, I know they all get libraries. Uh, no, that's up to them. If they, they all get. They all get. They're all given libraries. They're all given like centers. They're not given libraries. No, I'm so. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my goodness! I thought you were serious. No. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be given a fucking library. Be like Belle in uh, in in uh, Beauty, Beauty and the Beast, Beast, and be given yeah, a suffering from huge, huge given. Be given a huge, gorgeous library. Yeah, by a by a bear. By That's a huge. I love bears. I'm <laughs> I'm here for it. I'm down. <laughs> okay, yeah, go but on. Have Stockholm syndrome at the same time there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But um, 
No, uh, when, you know, they get Secret Service protection for the rest of their life. Uh, they get a stipend for travel. Um, and then, of course, you know, there's Secret Service protection. He, you know, he'll be housing them in what Mar-a-Lago or wherever he's going to be. And you know he's going to charge them an exorbitant rate for them to stay there. So, yeah. You know, I'm back to my old uh, news regimen which is I don't <laughs> I just I I don't look at it because okay. you know I decided earlier this week I was like yeah no I'm I have one podcast I have one news podcast it comes out every day it's David Pakman he's amazing everyone needs to listen to David Pakman I wish I could get him on sacred tension that would be amazing. I don't know what I would talk to him about because he's like a news guy. He's a politics guy, and I'm not really right. a, I'm not really news or politics. But right. um, David Pakman is fantastic, and he's like so measured and thoughtful and never hyperbolic. And even when the world is falling apart, even when the zombies are coming, he never loses his cool. And <clears throat> so, you know... I listen to him, I listen to his show, and then I'm done. And that's yeah. it. I'm, I don't get on Twitter. I don't look huh. at CNN. I don't do any of that because I'm back at the point where it's just too overwhelming. I, for the most part, stick with NPR um, because NPR is measured. They don't necessarily And they do... always speak in those, in those very nice, soft voices. Yep. It's very and, soothing. Uh, but, and... Uh, they always have they don't do the breaking news unless something like really important is happening they take it measured they do research they do background checks on it mm. until everything is uh said and done and then yeah then they'll That's go ahead and report about it which is what i really like you know yeah like the more i think about it i i think the breaking news thing the the how do i i'm still waking up i'm just realizing this my brain is a bit addled right now uh can you tell my brain is addled because i am just now realizing this i can um, tell you're addled yeah my eye is super <laughs> fucked up right now i'm gonna when i'm done recording i'm gonna put a hot compress on it and try to drain some more of the semen <laughs> out of my eyelid um <laughs> so um I kind of feel like the blow-by-blow blow yep. culture that we have, not just, not just in news, but on social media, mm -hmm. where it's like on Twitter, this just happened, this just in, this just... But the problem is that that platform is built to escalate emotion yep. and so you're doing blow by blow on a platform that is built to escalate outrage and emotion because that because it's a for-profit company and i'm not sure that's healthy for society mm -hmm. i i kind of i'm at the point now where it's like i don't want the blow by blow i don't care what's happening right this second. I don't want to know what's happening right this second. I want to know tomorrow 
when an objective and measured and professional investigative journalist has put it has has put together a story for me mm-hmm. that or next week or next month like i don't i don't want to know this instant L- unless truly the zombies are coming like i only want to know if my life is in imminent danger right yeah. like i i don't want to see the blow by blow and i feel like that that the blow by blow in the moment really creates massive problems because then it's like this Rorschach test where people of any political affiliation can just project their, their narrative onto it. But the problem is that 30 second video clips are not enough to gain any substantial picture of what is actually happening, but we think Mm -hmm. it is. Well, I stopped I had a severe adverse reaction to the whole breaking news when I can't remember what year it was, but several years back, there was an airline from Malaysia that crashed somewhere in the ocean. That's right. And and CNN kept on doing all these breaking news, interrupting the special. We think that a uh, um, a uh, piece of the plane might be washing up the shores off of Australia. That actually happened. They stopped breaking news because of that. And it's like, that's great. I don't care. Well, and that was the thing. I just looked at this like you guys are overusing this. You want people to um, get uh, get all this uh, latest information, but it's just basically they want you to watch it because of the advertisements and Exactly. Try to get their money in for the revenue. Yeah, and and it's the same with Twitter. I mean, and and Twitter is actually, I think, a bit more malicious because mm-hmm. because there are some incredibly important grassroots movements on Twitter. You know, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. You know, Black Twitter in general, and mm-hmm. is it, like a marvel. It's a wonder. I love Black Twitter, but the problem is that the the contract is is more sinister the contract is we're going to profit off of you and manipulate you and you won't even know it you you won't even you're going to use our platform and make us money and we're going to make money off of your grassroots movement it's just that's just gross that's just really really gross and i do think that social media has been a catalyst for a lot of important social progress Mm-hmm. At the same time, there's a very scary dark side to it, which is there, you know, no one was no one was making money off of MLK's every word. No one was making money off of his sermons as he mm-hmm. as as he preached them. No one was making money off of his marches as he was doing them. But that's what's happening now. It's super gross. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's just really bothering to me. I remember um, before science, Mike uh, Mike McCarg, before he uh, was diagnosed with um, autism spectrum disorder, uh, he was saying that how he would uh, he would purposely have to reduce the rate of notifications. Um, on his phone mm-hmm. in fact i think you've done this too if i if i remember i've right. taken i've taken it off of my phone altogether 
Right. So yeah. I, uh, I, um, I've done that as well with, uh, I do not get any of my news feeds through Facebook at all. Mm-hmm. The, um, Facebook, I only use to connect with my friends and family. And that's, that's the only thing I do. Uh, somebody might share something news on there and I may or may not click on it, but more than likely I won't, especially it's from, uh, some less than reputable site. So, yeah. And even then I have, I, I don't even like listening to what uh, reading the Huffington post because they're a bit too sensationalist for, for me, as far as liberals mm-hmm. go. It's been, it's been years since I've read Huffington. Um, right. Yeah, you know, I it's hard. It's really really mm-hmm. hard and I think I I do worry that we have been sold a bill of goods which is, you know, if we get rid of the gatekeepers in terms of mm-hmm. media, it is just going to be a net positive. It is just right. going to be a net good. And I'm I'm like I mean, it's. I think, I think the fact that the gatekeepers are coming down, there is, there are some goods to that. For example, I can blog. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be able to do that thirty years right. ago. You know, I would, okay. I, I would have to do that through a newspaper. I would have to do that through, you know, it would be, it would be more complicated. Um, mm-hmm. But now I can have an audience through blogging. So on the one hand, getting rid of gatekeepers is good. On the other hand, I do worry about the breakdown of standards and institutions that gatekeepers did tend to protect, you know, not perfectly and, and not with complete rigor. I mean, gatekeepers can be shitty too, but, but the investigative journalist, the, the, the investigative journalist who would um, dive deep into a, a, criminal subject or or a specific topic for months at a time and invest you know like the spotlight team who exposed the catholic sex abuse scandal in america that kind of stuff is on the decline you know it the the market for that kind of deep work is declining well um was it bob wooded was he the watergate guy Yes. Bob Woodward. Um, well, he wrote a book not too long ago about Donald Trump. And and the big thing that came out about him is uh, when that first came out, Trump was interviewed by him on the phone. And Bob Woodward released these <coughs> recordings uh, that happened in, uh, I want to say, February of last year, 2020. And in the recordings, uh, he clearly uh, Trump is clearly stating this is a lot worse than people think. It's uh, airborne. It's it's going. It's worse than the flu. Trump was and, saying that. Yes, Trump yep. himself was saying yep. that. Yep, yep, of course, and of course, he, of course, of course. How could he not? Because he knew. Because he has all of the country's advisors. Here's the thing: the book didn't come out until I want to say November, maybe yeah. December. I want to say November though. And everybody criticized Bob Woodward for holding on to that information until it was published in a book. Fair, yeah. So I what mean, what what is your take on that? 
because I get that. I get I get <laughs> how. Okay, so for example, you know, depending on context, like if if we're talking about someone who's dead, Michael Jackson, you know, and and it isn't. And and the story isn't immediately pertinent to like the entire fucking universe's survival or something, you know. And it's like past criminal behavior or or something that's a slower story. That's fine, but when people are in imminent danger right now and you're holding on to that story, I kind of I get why people would be mad about that. And that was my issue there too. Yeah. Uh, he, it wasn't like he was post, uh, he was writing for the Washington Post anymore and interviewing Deep Throat. It wasn't that at all. It, uh, he, was, he was writing a book, something to make money for himself personally, and hmm. that something like that probably should have been absolutely should have released. been released right. immediately, mm -hmm. like the like the pussy grabbing video. Yeah, that that, that was. That came out. I mean, that was. I mean, that was old. But when it was uncovered, it was released. Or, or Trump, or Trump, you know, like a uh, 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 strong arming Georgian senators last yes. month. Yes, that that so was actually that shit needs good. to come out. Like that, that needs to come out, out. That came out at the right time. Yep. And, um, you know, it was recorded, you know, that it was recorded with that secretary of state along with secretary of state's lawyer. You know, something was down when you have a Republican secretary of state for a, uh, for Georgia having to have a lawyer with him as he's talking to the president. So was it was it Georgia senators or was it Georgia secretary of state? It was a Georgia secretary of state. That Trump was talking to, uh, I can't remember the last name, something like Raffensperger or something like that. Okay, and he was uh, had his lawyer on the phone with him. That's crazy. While they're talking to Trump, and Trump kept on saying, "I need you to find eleven thousand seven hundred eighty votes." It's just eleven thousand <laughs> votes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's but fucking crazy. Um. So I'm. I've been learning about oh my god this will sound like such a douche bro thing to say but i'm uh because all the tech bros are into this but i've started reading a book by ryan holiday about stoicism okay. and i'm not on board with all of it i think i think it's a bit too clean cut it's i think it's a bit too I, I think reality is, might be a bit more blurry than Ryan Holiday's interpretation of Stoicism will accept, but it it is helpful to, you know, one of the key tenets of Stoicism is basically like the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change to wait what would, how does it go again god grant me the serenity to accept, accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things i can and, and the, the wisdom, wisdom to know the difference yeah so i mean that's basically stoicism and one of the things that ryan holiday is talking about is how there's 
the only thing that I have control over is my mind. And as some, however, as someone who, um, as someone who has looked into, you know, neuroscience and behaviorism and all of this stuff, I'm not actually 100% on board with that. I think that there is a lot in our mind that we, that is not under our control, but in theory, it's a nice idea that, the only thing that I can control are my responses. The only thing that I can control is my own mind, my own choices. And all the stuff outside of that circle, I can't control. And, you know, that is actually a really, right now, a really helpful thought. Because it's like, you know what, Trump, I've cast my vote. I've done my part. Now I just need to take care of myself and not just focus on what I can con- what I can control. Right. I understand stoicism and uh, the principles behind it. There's nothing inherently wrong with that at all. My only criticism of it is that when you take it to an extreme, you miss out on enjoying life. Yeah, I I agree. And you know, I'm I'm still really new to it. Like I'm sure. I just I just got this book on as a kindle deal for like a dollar and so like and i've never read anything about stoicism before um some of it sounds kind of buddhist-esque some of it sounds just very like 12 step-ish you know a lot of the stuff that i learned in 12 steps seems very um in line with stoicism yeah and and then i run in i run into other things where i'm like i'm not sure about that but i can see how like as a broad vague principle it's helpful you know there there are a lot of things where it's like i don't know if this is actually true in every circumstance but maybe as like a general rule of life this can be helpful but not yeah that I'm I'm worried about people who take it to an extreme though. Yeah. But as a as a kind of general philosophy at least right now, I'm finding it helpful. It, where it's like, you know, I can't I can't control Trump. All I can do is control my little sphere, my own actions, my own thoughts. Right. And uh that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going I'm I'm not going to overly fixate on trump right now because i've been doing that here's the thing i've been doing that for four years i've been doing that for four fucking years and i'm sick of it i'm sick of letting this bloviating orange toddler just have so much headspace giving giving him so much of my time i hate that here's my issue though with all that and you know i agree totally there's so little that we right now can do with the people at the top the most important part of politics that we ourselves can be involved with is local politics exactly yes local politicians giving uh, giving our say at city council meetings or uh, talking to our city council or aldermen or whoever you know writing them and letting them know how we feel about certain topics Um, you know i live in a county where everybody for the most part if they're in politics are Republican. There's no way you can do anything about it. So they they are the people that I have to deal with, who I I have to talk to. Um, and you know what? They 
there's nothing wrong with that. I don't. I'm not lambasting them for being Republican at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're trying to do the best that they can with what they have, and it's just one of those weird things that this is the only way that you can make it in this county is by being a Republican. Yeah. No, I understand, and you know, I also feel like on the local level. Working on the local level forces people to work together, whereas mm-hmm. I feel like when we when we fixate on the national spectacle, that divides us. And right. I mean, for good reason. I mean, like, I'm not going to sit here and bemoan being divided. I mean, it's not great. It's not good. But I'm not going to sit here and bemoan people being angry that a Trumpist insurrectionist mob stormed the Capitol last week. Like, people should be pissed about that. Right. But I think that when we work on the local level, it it forces us to work together. Right. And it, uh, that's good. That's healthy. Ex- exactly. And, like, it's certain things like, um, say you're really concerned about infrastructure or the environment – you just say, you know what? There are so many potholes on this road. Don't you think there's something that we can do as a county to make it a little bit better so that we're not doing that? Well, if we do that, we're going to have to raise taxes. Well, I think I want to raise my taxes so I can able be able to drive safely to work. How about that? There <laughs> so. you go. Yeah, like I I want to get to work without destroying my van, my right. my vodka drinking soccer mom van. Um, <laughs> van, that's great. I I have a soccer mom van. Um, this episode is very revealing about my personal life. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that. I'm glad it's behind a paywall. Um, yeah, cat. My my eye is itching so much. I can okay. barely think, but Sorry. it it's fine. I'll get through. I will survive. I might just like remove my eyeball completely. Oh, the the swelling was so bad the other day. It was like pushing my eyeball out of alignment and making my vision all blurry and double. Was that why you're wearing glasses this morning? Because you normally don't. Yeah, and glasses. My glasses are reading glasses. So I was I was just making some notes on my notebook earlier. Um. God damn it. What was I just about to say? I was going to say something. We're talking about infrastructure, local politics, and then you went over to... uh, To eyeballs. Yeah. Um, Your van van and how everybody... You reveal too much. (laughs) I don't even even remember right now. (laughs) No, you're fine. Um, I think that... Oh, yeah. This is what I was going to say. I, I think that there is a a fear of contamination and and a fear of having to work with the other side because that other side is fundamentally unclean. I really yep. think that there is I, I really think that it is framed in this unclean versus pure purity versus impurity binary mm-hmm. that and, and I don't think that this is exclusive to the left you know I've I've I recently kind of had a a realization that I have been fixated on a lot of problems on the left but 
but realizing that these are actually universal human problems and that I am just seeing them more on the left because I am on the left. Whereas, you know, cancel culture is just fucking bad. You know, Donald Trump is the king of canceling. Dan Donald Trump is the Donald Trump is the canceler in chief. And and so it's like, no, these are human excesses. And I don't know if you listen to my episode with Danielle about grandstanding. Yes, yeah, where it's like grandstanding isn't a leftist problem it isn't a right-wing problem it's a human problem human beings do this and and so you know now i'm starting to resist saying cancellations are a problem of the left no it's a problem of human nature it's what right. humans do and um does that make sense oh definitely actually yeah uh, because uh I've been really much, uh, really into the liturgists right now, and they've been going through some really great episodes about about non-dualism. You know what? Uh, I'm going to make a note. I I need to get Michael Gungor on. <laughs> I see him every Sunday. He has this thing for uh, liturgist patrons called the Sunday thing. Is a is a um, um what? What's her name? The uh the Hillary the woman McBride. Hillary McBride Hillary. I I love Hillary she's yep she's incredible anyway I'm sorry I was I was um, no you're fine interrupting you Hillary, no Hillary McBride is great she would be awesome I think very easy also to get on your podcast uh she likes talking about sex and makes hey it and I love talking about sex so it is a match <laughs> podcast yeah. match made in heaven made in hell I okay mean, go on she, uh, she does it in a way that is like. Uh, sort of nonchalantly and you're just like holy cow you did you just say that <laughs> <laughs> but she's also canadian so there you go there you go um but what i was saying is uh the whole idea about non-dualism is we we humans really like to live in a binary type of system um, where everything is good bad uh black white left right and uh, uh it's 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 more complicated than that. Yes. And, and I think we need to, like, uh, Michael Gunger, uh, the guy can be very, I, I love the guy. I love what he says. I love what he done with liturgists, but also he can come across as being an asshole. Yes. And yeah, callous. I know. I know. He can come off not great sometimes. I, I love him too. He's great. By the way, dear Satanists who have no clue what we're talking about. This is this is a progressive Christian thing. So, uh, <laughs> well, not even that. He doesn't even consider himself Christian anymore. Yeah, but he's kind of he is still, you know, very yeah. much in the post-Christian sphere. You know, yeah. in like the progressive Christian slash post-Christian sphere. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, there was a time when he considered himself atheist, just like Michael uh, Mike McCarg, mm -hmm. that they met each other after they came back to a type of faith. Mm -hmm. um, which is how the liturgist started. Mm -hmm. um, but basically he was, oh, he got into a big Twitter storm uh, when he was saying that evil is subjective. And um, of course, everybody, everybody came up with um, saying that, oh, oh, brought up Godwin's law right away and saying, you're saying that Hitler was, you know, that people can view Hitler as being okay and what he did. Um, but, this is why this is why Twitter is for uh -huh. cat pictures and blog posts are for hot takes. This is actually the this is the rule that I've made actually. Like I 
I'm just not going to post any of my hot takes to Twitter. And it will make my Twitter feed boring as fuck. Like, it will make my Twitter feed really dull. But mm-hmm. that's okay. That's what my blog is for. Like, if I have a nuanced, controversial take, it's going to be on my blog or podcast and not on Twitter. Well, it was, uh, there was this... Uh... House of Representatives, uh, he's a Democrat from the Kansas City area, and he gave the initial invocation at the House of Representatives for this new session. This when they um, gave the oath of office to all the new representatives and... Uh, to all the fresh fish. Yep. At the very end, he, he did a prayer. as a very generic, very... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Ecumenical. That's not quite interfaith. That's probably better. An interfaith. Oh, is this the all men, all women thing? Yep, that's him. And this was in- so fucking stupid. Yeah. The, well, I mean, not what he said, but like the the reaction? the fucking meltdown. Yeah, actually, we haven't had a chance to talk about this, so do continue right. and then let's talk okay. about it. Uh, I can't remember his name right off the top of my head but i started following him on twitter afterwards but he gave this uh, speech calling for reconciliation for uh, people to get along he prayed in the name of the monotheistic god and then and all the other you know faiths uh, that we have in this world and um ended it tongue-in-cheek with amen and a woman yeah and Everybody went berserk. Everyone lost that. their goddamn minds. It was it was crazy. Well, then somebody uh, somebody at Fox News tweeted, "It's like, oh, they don't understand that Amen is Latin for so be it or verily." I'm looking at them. It's like, well, first of all, fuck Fox News. Fuck off. You don't know anything about Hebrew. That's not Latin. It's Hebrew. Okay? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> And it was actually sort of funny because I saw... You're like, I'm a minister. (laughs) I know the difference between Hebrew and Latin. And here's the funny thing about it. The the representative who prayed that prayer is a Methodist pastor with an MDiv. It's like, this guy is going to know what he's doing. And he was doing something tongue-in-cheek. John McWhorter, um, who is kind of a... he he's a He's a brilliant linguist. He's a black man brilliant linguist brilliant scholar and Mm -hmm. also is kind of heterodox in a lot of his takes and you know he i would say he's pretty solidly liberal but he he doesn't tow the right wing line and he doesn't tow the left wing line he's kind of he's kind of this maverick scholar and makes a lot of people Mm -hmm. angry but he I don't agree with everything he says, but he posted something on. But but when it comes to linguistics, especially mm-hmm. Black English, he fucking knows his stuff. Like he is, he is an expert on especially Black English, uh, Black American English. And he said he posted a tweet saying, "All men and all women is and all women is a Black Southern tradition." It is it is a it is a tradition of ministers in the South. It is a it, it's a turn of phrase. It's a tongue in cheek thing. Yep. 
that that histor that is historical. You know, people people have been doing that for decades. There is nothing woke about this. It is a black linguistic turn of phrase. And I'm like, here's here was my take on that whole thing. Don't you all have something better to do? The fact I think the fact that people lost their goddamn minds over this is proof that their minds are broken. It's proof that their that their brain is hijacked. And right. and you know when I heard it I was like I don't care what is there to care about here? What what is the story here? What is the scandal here? Why are we giving such an enormous fuck about this thing when there is a goddamn tyrant in the office with the brain of a three-year-old destroying democracy like why are we caring here's the thing also when i when when i looked at that i i looked at all these comments on there and i just tweeted in there i told you this um uh was it last week when it happened it's like this is right before the storm on the capitol uh so it was just probably another reason why we didn't talk about it last week yeah but uh, when I, I tweeted in his line there, the people's reaction to this say more about them than it does about the tweet itself. Yes, so, yeah, or, absolutely. Or, yeah, it's it says more about how they react, what their issues are, what their problems are, than it does with actually what he said. And oh my goodness, I had so many replies. And oh, that's yelling. right. You got you got mobbed. Yeah, you told and, me about uh, this. And I looked at, and it got to the point where Twitter sent me a nice little thing. It's like, "Hey, you're being mentioned a lot. Would you like to restrict them?" Yes, please. Thank you. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. And here's here's the thing. Actually, here's something that I've noticed as someone who periodically goes on social media. And and by I shouldn't. I'm. I'm starting to learn that I am misunderstood when I use social media. I'm not. When I say social media, I mean Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Mm -hmm. Discord is social media. Yes, it is. And I'm I love so you know, and I'm on Discord all day long because the Sacred Tension Discord is fucking amazing, and they're great people. But I, um, when I say social media, that's what I mean. I mean Twitter. I mean a specific business model of social mm -hmm. media. Um. Social media, as it is currently manifested in the big in, in the biggest platforms in the current model, but so when I things that felt normal before you distance, before you back away, and you do a little purge, and then you come back, it is it feels about a hundred times crazier. Because it's like you detox. It's like I, I go through this detox where I don't look at Twitter for several days. Um, or I am very deliberate about only looking at it for like 10 minutes a day. And then I turn it off. I log off. I only do it on my laptop and I'm done for the day. Mm -hmm. And then when you reimmerse yourself in it, things that seemed normal now seem utterly that shit insane and this and this was like one of those things where it's like when you when you bathe yourself in just the present moment and the real world for a bit not saying that twitter isn't the real world but 
you know, in IRL, in meat space. Um, when you just spend a good long time there and then you go back, it's like stepping into an asylum. It's in a way that wasn't obvious previously. So it's like I get acclimated to the crazy and then I get off, spend a lot of time in meat space, and then and then I go back in just to check it out. And it is truly like stepping into the asylum in the movie Amadeus. It's it's insanity. Hmm. I and and insane insane in a way that makes me feel crazy because it feels like no one else can see it because it feels like everyone else is so inoculated against it. And I'm like, nothing about what's going on here is normal. Nothing about millions of people losing their minds over all men and all women. Nothing about that is healthy or normal Hmm. or, or in proportion to reality like and that is just like one example of a million of what happens when i get back on social media i'm like you are all losing your goddamn minds this Mm -hmm. this software is rotting our brains but but it's only apparent it's only obvious when we detox from it because and then i start to acclimate to it and i and i start to get more used to it and i start to and then suddenly things feel normal again on social right. media it's so bizarre it is it is it's like culture shock it really is it is like going through culture shock again and again and again and again well i've been purposely trying to follow people whose voices i need to hear yeah um, a little bit better and so i've been doing that and that's helped me out a lot and i still and i will follow a couple of um conservative evangelicals that i actually respect Mm-hmm. Uh, just to see how they react to them, and there is this one I, I follow. He's a, he's Canadian, and maybe oh, which one? Uh, Drew Dick. Oh, I don't know him. Uh, D Y C K. I think he uh, super super nice guy. Yeah. Um, Canadian lives in America, and I think I want to say he works for like Christianity Today. Mm-hmm. Um, but I listen to it because for the most part, he tends to posts reasonably um reasonable tweets about uh things that are happening in the christian world and and i notice every now and then he'll get on the conservative side of it and i'll tweet a response to whatever he says but it always is always very respectful there and him i can handle him i can understand yeah there there are other people that it's like oh no i'm not even going to deign you with a follow but i'll go and (laughs) Check on their website because they just freak me out. Like I uh, have a, I have a. Uh, oh yeah, continue. For like example, Greg Locke. Pastor Greg Locke is fucking insane. Or Michael Brown. <laughs> Doctor yes. Doctor Michael Brown is nuts. I had a little kerfuffle with Michael Brown several years I ago. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that, that was that was several years ago. Um, <laughs> Franklin Graham. No, so I have a Twitter list called Bat Shittery. And <laughs> I love it. It's a private list called Bat Shittery, and I just throw all of the loons, all of the all of the nutcases in there, all the QAnon people, all the theocrats, all the insane right wing Christians, and then every so often I will go in there and be like, "Holy shit, look at the insanity!" 
Uh, it's actually so. Uh, I'm I'm gonna mispronounce this name because his last name is a German name. Uh huh. And um, his first name is Sean, and I I pronounce it Feucht. Feucht. F e u f e u c h t. Okay. Uh, he if you he does he's been doing he's long blonde hair guy from California who's doing this lettuce worship rallies all over the place. That sounds like a drag name. <laughs> but no, he lettuce worship. Yeah, he uh, he goes he, he oh my oh he was he's the one who's been doing COVID he he's yep. been doing he's been having COVID super spreader events. Yes, that's all him. <laughs> all over. L.A. Well, the uh, the reason I, th- I I laugh every time I see his name because his last name in German means moist. Mm-hmm, so <laughs> mm-hmm. is he is he moist? Okay, hold on. Let me let me uh, look him up. Sean S E A N S E A N F E U C H E U C H T C H T Feuch. I, I pronounce it Feucht, but Feucht. I don't know. I don't know how. Oh, even... oh, oh! Major d- douche vibes. Oh <laughs> lord. Oh god, that curly blonde hair. Oh god, those button that those button up shirts. Jesus Christ, and the wearing jerseys. Oh god. Yeah, he's he's definitely. Oh God! Okay, so what about him? Oh, uh, it was like I will go in on his sites. I'm uh, every now and then uh, just to see what he's saying as well. Yeah, let's go and, to his website right now. No, not his web. His Twitter. I'm sorry. On Twitter. Okay, let's go to his Twitter. Oh, he has uh, a website, Sean Feucht. Yeah, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. That's just how I do it. I. Ever since uh, being in Germany corrupted me, I pronounce German things correctly. Ooh, let's see. <laughs> let's see what's go. Let's see what he's doing on Facebook. Okay. He had this. Um, the thing was, uh, oh, he was like furious at Twitter, especially after Twitter blocked uh, Trump and took him off. Oh God! Um, how about you? Ki- how about you kick off your day with seven thousand worshippers in Fort Worth, Texas, singing their guts out to King Jesus, all caps, King Jesus, all caps. Oh. The album is coming next week. Yeehaw! <laughs> Yeehaw! But Yeehaw. it was. It was this. Uh, you know, he was saying on there, it's like I'm going to leave for Parlor, and just um now since Twitter's going. Crazy, follow me on Parlor. This was before Parlor got shut down. Uh-huh. And I remember this wonderful meme uh, that I shared on there. And I, it was showing Ned Flanders in The Simpsons saying, Hey, I have an important message to tell you. And as Homer Simpson is slowly closing down the garage door, it's like, Hey, I'm leaving uh, Facebook for Parlor. I'm leaving Facebook for Parlor. <laughs> and, the, and the door's just going down. I, yep. Yep, yep, exactly. Love no, it, love it, love it. I mean, my my uh, very sad Hagrid's Cum Slut account is now gone um, because. What? what? Oh, the parlor one. Yes. On parlor. Yeah. Hold <laughs> on. Let me pull it up. It actually, it looks like it's been taken off of my phone. Has it? It could. No, uh, it hasn't. Be- it hasn't been taken off of my phone. I bet it will when my phone updates. Yeah. The app. Uh, well, the app is no longer supported by Google or Apple. I know. 
and uh, Amazon, which controlled the actual physical website, will no longer host it either. I know. Yeah. So it's been it's been nuked, and that's a whole other conversation. There's there's lots of lots of stuff to talk about there, but yeah, that'll have to wait. I am having a free speech lawyer on next week, uh, and so I'm going to ask him all my thorny questions about about stuff like that, like. Why um, is Twitter not free speech? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and just just all the all the confusion. There's so much confusion. Like, like, is Amazon shutting down Parler a free speech issue, a First Amendment issue? Hint: No, it isn't. Um, but a lot of people just don't know that. Um, sure. You know, Senator Hawley's book being pulled is not a free speech issue. But anyway, so I'm going to ask him about. <laughs> I'm going to ask him ask him all that stuff and I'm going to put questions to my audience when he uh when it gets closer to the interview. But anyway, well we need to wrap this up. I uh I need to go clean out my eye and uh get some more work done. So <laughs> Remember, don't let a cat ejaculate in your eye. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye. <laughs>